0: Welcome, this is a podcast of ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolko, I'm editor-in-chief of of ukraineworld.org. Ukrainian citizens went to polls on October 25th to elect their local governance bodies. Although official results will be published on November the 6th, it is clear from exit polls that President Zelensky's party, Servant of the People, fails to win this election. What happened and uh, what what is happening with the Zelensky era and are we watching the end of the Zelensky dream? These issues we will discuss uh, with Maxim Yakovlev, head of chair of international relations and director of school for policy analysis at Kiev Mahila Academy. Good afternoon, Maxim.
1: Uh, Vladimir, good afternoon. Pleasure to be with you and to comment on such an important event
0: in Ukrainian political history. Thanks so much for joining us. So my first question would be easy. What are your key takeaways of this local election in Ukraine?
1: Well, I have to say that there was nothing that uh, I would say was incredibly bewildering to me, because talking about the results, I would say many things were really um, something that we all expected. For example, the failure of the servant of the people, actually the first really ruling party and um, the first party that, that has such a great majority in Ukraine's parliament. Thus, uh, so they failure actually to get uh, many results in local uh, councils was n- something we, we all were confident about. Uh, secondly, a uh, potential comeback of those people who we whom we associate with party of the region and those political forces who are actual, actually responsible and accountable for... Many drawbacks of the previous policies in Ukraine, and actually, of what is going on in in, in the in the Donbass and annexation of Crimea. So, secondly, the comeback of those parties. I wouldn't say that it was something totally unexpected, because we all knew that this is going to happen, that it was going to happen, and it actually is happening now in certain parts. And third and last result uh, is a development of local political elites who now have more authorities and more power taken into account, who actually given these authorities and powers by the decentralization reforms. So these are three things that I would say are my takeaways from the local elections.
0: It's very interesting, and uh, I hope we'll uh, come into detail of all these three issues. Let me come first to the first issue that you raised, that many experts expected that Zelensky's party will not be uh, the, will not win the election. Let me remind that uh, in all the key cities, the incumbent mayor secured their jobs with huge landslides wins. So why are you, are you saying that you will you were confident that Zelensky's party will not be able to challenge these local elites?
1: Well, they were able to challenge local elites uh, uh, in the last nationwide elections uh, to Verkhovna Rada, to our parliament, and I think this is the only, if not the only, but potentially the only positive result about the servant of the people great ascent to political power in Ukraine is that they really challenged and managed to, uh, to win uh, elections in many constituencies to Verkhovna Rada. But then they failed now because I think that people are getting more and more disappointed with the politicians, meaning with the Servant of the People Party, because we can discuss with you, and it's a great pleasure actually to discuss it with you, Volodymyr, because you're a great expert on ideologies, and that is a good question if we have an ideology within the Servant of the People Party and not a collection of people who pledge personal, political, ideological, and any other forms of loyalty to the person who is actually more of a political and media brand than a real politician. I'm talking about the current uh, president of Ukraine, uh, Mr. Zelensky actually managed to create by performing a politician or by playing as an as an actor, playing a politician, he managed to develop a personal brand and then get around the people who would pledge political loyalty and brand themselves as servant of the people deputies and then as MPs get their places as MPs in the Verkhovna Rada. But local elections function differently because people know that on, on the local level within their constituencies, uh, they would they wanted my guess, my educated guess would be that they wanted somebody who can be not only responsible, but also accountable for changing their lives to something good, of making it, creating something. And political brands on local level is something different from a political brands on the nationwide level. Because in some cities, let me give an example of Kharkiv with Kernes, I saw very interesting, I'm not sure if the results of this poll or this public opinion survey, if it was really conducted according to all the rules, but the general idea was the people who ask something, what if, what if something happens to Mr. kernes because we don't know about his physical and mental state currently. So he's in Germany, as far as I know, and things like that. So over 50% of those who actually answered the survey were ready to vote for him, even if they learned that he was dead. <laughs> you see? So it's interesting that people support local politicians, local administrators, so to speak, uh, whom they feel uh, are like, good for the local community somehow. And this is very different uh, compared to voting uh, uh, for somebody who is seen as a part of a larger political force or political party. So to shorten my question or to sum up, I would say that there are different perceptions of politics and policies as well, and local and the national level, because local elites are about making uh, people's lives on local level, improving them, making them better, something like that. And this is different position within the political campaigns, I would say this is something good because political campaigns should be different on local and national level. But this is how I see the situation.
0: It's very interesting. Can't we say probably that there is an abyss between national politics and, and local politics? Because it seems that people are choosing the different people, the different political forces. Is there any any cleavage between them? And if so, how would you explain this cleavage? Well, I wish I even wish that
1: this cleavage, the the cleavages between them, and this is I I like the abyss metaphor, but it is not that there is a great well. Well, there is not a great cleavage in terms of populist uh, policies and politics. I would say because uh, populism is on is on march generally, not only in Ukraine but in local, nationwide, and international politics. But yes, I think one of the um, one of the things that is easy to check is, because I, I, I mentioned this a couple of times, that a certain politician is not only responsible, but he or she is also accountable for actions. And once we think that we need to hold this person accountable for, for not delivering on certain promises, it is much easier done on, local, on the local level compared to the nationwide level. And I think this also shows that Ukrainian. we can discuss and criticize Ukrainian society for uh, electing populist politicians or for electing those people who are really uh, accountable for many bad things that are going on in certain regions of Ukraine. But I think that our society gets more and more mature in understanding that there is a difference between responsibility and accountability. And thus, the local politics is... Uh, something where, where it's easy, much easy to see the results. If Somebody really managed
0: to deliver on his or her promises, or if he or she just failed. But on the other hand, we can say that on the local level, level, it's much easier to deliver on promises. You have to have a good budget. Now you have a good budget as a mayor, for example, due to decentralization reform, and you can build a new road, you can, you can build the park, and that's it, and people will vote for you. And it seems that this is what happened during this election. So people just voted for uh, for mayors who seem to be not that bad and quite okay. So uh, the question, the real question is whether there is a politics on the local level or just people are, are, are voting for, you know, good uh, householding on the, on the city level.
1: <laughs> I like the metaphor with householding because something I criticize a lot and I insist that uh, until that, until there is a change in this metaphor of So actually, the person who is a, a, a good householder, so to speak, to de- to develop your metaphor, I think the, the the change, the the change, the real dramatic change that Ukraine needs. Is this change in the perception that something who is really at this household thing, so to speak, is not necessarily a good politician? Well, as a political scientist, I have to say that we need to define how we we need to define the the concept of power. What is power actually? And as political science, I would say that power is everywhere. It is penetrating our society, and our lives. So if we speak about politics on local level, as a, as a number of strategies. To get more authority, to get more power, to be able to decide upon a number of things—for example, about allocation of funds, resources, or even lands. Uh, Thus, if we develop this, we see further. Then something I dislike is that in many cities, where people elect these good householders, they go like this: Yes, they are stealing money, probably. They are involved in corruption because everybody is involved in corruption, but they leave more for for us they somehow they're not stealing that much because they could have stolen more and i don't understand this is psychologically speaking this is wrong this is wrong way of thinking but people perceive occurring politics generally as a very corrupt and corruption is everywhere and thus people vote for the lesser evil and this is wrong i don't like it but it also shows that there is different type of politics Like in discussion with especially my German colleagues, once somebody says that there is no political culture in Ukraine, they say, no, in the country, there's a very interesting political culture in Ukraine. But this is a culture marked by populism, marked by corruption, and marked of this wrong perception that we need somebody who runs the household, maybe also earns money, does it as his his or her own business. But then he also shares some of the money stolen, okay, some of the money not stolen on purpose, with the local population and this is seem, this seems to be something good. It is another form of politics on local le- level but I do understand that this is far from what what the people understand as decent or good local politics in developed democratic societies.
0: It's very interesting and let let us continue the topic of decentralization. One of the interpretations of what is going on in Ukrainian politics is that yes, this decentralization is good. It brings more money, more resources to the local level, but the problem is that it makes these strongholds and the people who hold, you know, these strongholds even stronger. And uh, it's interesting how, for example, we see that uh, many mayors right now they create their own parties to make the, you know, to enlarge their control over the cities, over the regions. So we are going probably in a kind of a neo-feudal system where you have these local oligarchs. Who became multiple? Who became diverse? But they are quite unchallengeable from the central level. So, what do you think?
1: Well, it is very interesting as a as a political development, because we can now um, uh, uh, turn to some sort of you know metaphysical discussion. If the quantity quantity of political parties can ever develop into the quality. Of political parties. Uh, I don't think that in Ukraine we have lack of political parties as things, I mean, as entities. There are many political parties in Ukraine, but the question is about the quality of political parties, be, be, about the real content of political parties, their ideologies, what they stand for, how they function, how they are organized. If there is, uh, within the parties, if there is real in, uh, internal party democracy, if there is a strong hierarchy in how the parties function, so it is an interesting discussion. Maybe beyond the scope of this, um, this this talk of ours, but I would say that yes, the the things that local mayors are trying, I would like to see this from a, from some sort of positive perspective, because if local mayors or local politicians they try to uh, develop or build their own parties on local level, it m- may be a positive thing because we we'll then have local elites who are not directly, maybe, okay, this is Ukraine, we all all understand, but maybe these local political elites can evolve into something better or bigger than people who have direct ties to oligarchs and just are funded and sponsored by the oligarchs. So thus I come, come back to my first question, the physical one. I do hope that this quantity of political parties can develop or evolve into the quality of political parties, by making a local, by creating actually, or strengthening some sort of political elite, elites that develop into something more than just oligarchs, dependent people.
0: It's interesting because, indeed, we can see this development as a kind of very worrying because it also is a threat to Ukrainian unity, political unity. But on the other hand, I think in the next years we will see uh, politicians who grow up from the local levels. We see it already, already from several figures, for, for example, from Mr. Groisman, the former mayor of Vinnytsia, and then the former prime minister. Or Now we see it um, in the figure of uh, Filatov, for example, the mayor of Dnipro, who is kind of launched a, a pan-Ukrainian political party, which is called Propositia, Proposition. We don't know whether it will survive. We know so many Ukrainian parties are just, you know, made for single election. But it's an interesting phenomenon when different mayors combine their efforts and saying, look, we are another force, we, we're something that grows from, you know, grassroots level, etc. So maybe Ukrainian politics will be different in some five, seven years, for example, the influence of big oligarchs will be smaller. What do you think? I hope. <laughs> I do
1: hope that w- there is a very complicated concept of de-oligarchization. <laughs> I do hope that at some political, at some political, at some point in our political history, we uh, pass this point of uh, heavily relying on oligarchs to do any sort of politics. Uh, but then, in terms of political parties, I like that you mentioned that uh, it's true that. We have uh, some sort of social Darwinism when we say that only politically fittest survive. You know, survival of the most politically fittest parties, and that also implies that parties need funding and the station. Which I think that in Ukraine we have a rather uh, interesting situation with the party membership because if parties are strong because they have a strong, a strong members who are willing to support the political parties. Financially, you know, by actually doing this sort of, of support, then the parties would have more chances to survive. Uh, secondly, you know, we're speaking about myths. Just uh, an idea occurred to me. I was privileged and blessed to translate Richard Florida's book Creative Class into Ukrainian, because I also support the idea of Creative Class. We can also discuss if it is if there is a real thing called the, the Creative Class. But the idea that there is a class, or okay, group of people, or big social group of people who can also create idea or do some sort—not only creative businesses, but also move the country forward or uh, do something—not only creative industries, but somehow develop the ideas, uh, not only not only do the manual or financial work or something else. And Richard Fuller, in his book, mentions a good metaphor. He said that he says that the whole world would be much more comfortable place to live and much more peaceful place if the world was ruled by uh, mayors by the mayors why because the mayors in good cities actually those who work in local on, in local conditions they are much more in touch with the real problems uh, with things that really matter for the local communities because they like okay let's see Kiev the capital of Ukraine once there is heavy snow or heavy rain uh, the mayor of Kiev is seemed to be the person responsible for taking care of them. That's why uh, when we speak of, I think, okay, if May of one of the Ukrainian Ukraine's major city creates his all Ukrainian party, well, we, we can wish him good luck. <laughs> in, but because I think if there was if there were also ideological background there, saying that we really want Ukraine to be a better place because we know how to deal with local problems and challenges, and we would like to share the experience. I think parties like that would actually have chances to survive if they also had the funding that in turn would not directly be linked to oligarchs and what these oligarchs wanted from those people.
0: It's very interesting what you're saying. On the other hand, uh, I think there is a challenge that, for example, these particular mayors uh will oppose them to kiev and say well all the problems are coming from kiev and you know uh we we see a bad excuse always a bad excuse (laughs) yeah so we see it's a it's a typical thing for politics you know i don't know some local politicians probably in some european countries say are saying that all all harm is coming from brussels or from their national capital so ukraine in this sense Enters the same the same dynamics and it's on the on the one hand interesting but on the other hand, given the security situation of Ukraine right now, which is target of the Russian aggression, which uh, is playing on the separatist trends, is it can be worrying. But let me come back to what you said at the beginning about the revanchist trend. So, uh, do you see the, this revanchist trend? Because we see the success of the Medvedchuk party, opposition platform for life. We see success of the party, who entered a few municipal councils already. Uh, and we see the success, uh, kind of a very growing impact of this anti-Western propaganda from pro-Russian and some oligarchic circles. So do you, do you see the revanchism as a real threat?
1: Uh, yes, I see that there is a problem that there are political parties in Ukraine who actually uh, play on the ground or play for the team of the aggressor. And this is bad. Uh, uh, but then let's talk about more, a bit more in details about the political parties. I always say, and repeat in, in my visits to t- TV channels when I'm commenting for radio, or television, that it's always easier to work with any political parties whose political strategy or ideology is more or less clear, or they are not hiding the maybe all the politicians might have hidden motives, but with a positional platform for life. Their political agenda is clear, and they are not like hiding away. It. They are like uh, Medvedchuk uh, is visiting Putin. They're discussing things. They really have this pro-Russian agenda openly, and this thing that they do, they are doing this openly is something I would say is positive because we know their political position. With Shari's party, I have to say that with especially with many young people, I was so surprised to say, but well, Shari is different to Position Platform for Life because he's not that pro-Russian, and then. It takes me some more time to explain why Shari is also a threat, why his political project is a threat. Because it's not that uh, well. For us, it's obvious. It's obvious to us why uh, there is danger in both of these political projects. But the idea that uh, they're different—they're different in their openness, so to speak. So this is one problem. Uh, secondly, uh, mi- there is a misunderstanding in some parts of Ukraine or within some uh, groups of Ukrainian society. Why supporting somebody who utters a very pro-Russian position is a threat. It needs more explanation. And one thing is that one of the things that contributed to servant of the people's success was, was that people who actually were pro-Russian, some sorts of pro-Russian, yes, they saw Zelensky, who was actually bad at taking a very precise stance on a number of political questions, even regarding relationship with Russia. So those people who voted for Servant of the People. And now, the last local elections that we're now commenting on, they decided to vote for the pro-Russian parties because they did not see how Zelensky actually delivered on his promises, some sort of promises to to have the relationship with Russia improved. So first, Opposition Party for Life, well, it's easy to deal with them politically, I mean, easy by, because we understand what they stand for. But there are also political projects like Cherie's uh, uh, thing we're commenting on, who, has not, who are not that obvious or who are not that open in their promises. And third comment, uh, yes, uh, those who voted for Servant of the People party because they thought that Zelensky would be more pro-Russian. Some some sort of pro-Russian decided to actually vote for this uh, pro-Russian uh, local uh, local parties and Ukraine's nationwide parties. But what what can we do in this situation? We can do more political, uh, political education and uh, explain why this is dangerous. And secondly, as political observers, we can do what we can observe
0: and comment. To continue your thought, I would say that it's also interesting to. Uh, to follow these new political parties created by the mayors, which absolutely unclear ideological stance, because uh, even Medvedchuk party are doing not that well in cities like Kharkiv or Odessa or Kherson, because they are losing to the local political parties of local mayors, and uh, it is a uh, for, in many cases it's 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 a it's a mystery. What, uh, what is the position of these parties with regard to a big national debate. Probably there is no position or it's hidden or it's uh, it's balanced. We don't know. But uh, we will be approaching to the end of our conversation. Let me remind that we're talking with Maxim Yakovlev, Head of Chair of International Relations and Director of School for Policy Analysis at, at Kyiv Mahila Academy, a reputable Ukrainian university. Uh, but let me ask a few more questions about the foreign policy agenda. Uh, we see that American elections are very close and Ukraine, uh, astonishingly, was one of the topics of the American election, one of the topics of the American politics. So do you think that Zelensky uh, uh, succeeded in distancing himself both from Trump and Biden So and was he wise enough to not to take any of these sides?
1: <laughs> well, Vladimir, asking a very interesting question. Was he wise enough? I would doubt that. But then, well, let us not be that harsh on our current president, because uh, we can say that he was not. Not only was he not knowledgeable, but he was also inexperienced. And uh, you know, there is a great saying which goes that. Uh, any system is not characterized by the absence of mistakes and errors, but by the fact how the system reacts to mistakes and errors. Uh, I think that it was a lesson learned by our top politicians and also by our president and also his office that is a bad idea to, you know, to support openly, especially to promise something like, to promise investigations, for example, or to play politically and um, so, especially with the with, with the with the United States politics, where any foreign interference is seen as a bad thing. So, this is the first thing. Secondly, you know, to 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 be on a more positive note, if previously Ukraine, well, if previously Ukraine was a country that, especially like when I when I studied the University of Oxford, many Chinese students whom I studied together with, once you say Ukraine, they would always ask second time, UK or Ukraine, because for them, you, for many of them, Ukraine was something country far behind nobody heard of Ukraine or something like that, now everybody who actually who is a bit interested in American politics, those people have definitely heard about our country. And even bad or black PR is good PR because we, we are now a famous country because not every country had the pleasure or honor or something like that to be involved in impeachment procedure of the United States president. And third, what interesting comment is, you know, this discussion or something that people borrow from Ukraine uh, like, let us run some drug tests on our top politicians, especially when they are debating. Or let's use a stadium to have a great debate on the stadium. We can laugh about it and we see that there is also about populism. But there is a small thing that, is, that I think, you know, sane and good. And it is a perfectly reasonable requirement that any person who runs for the high office should be sober and intelligible enough to do that not on drugs <laughs> But in a sober condition. And uh, the second thing is, this is, I like when people openly uh, admit something that politics worldwide, unfortunately or fortunately, becomes a sort of performance. And what is a greater performance? Because uh, at all times, debates b- between top politicians, it was some sort of performance, but people actually listened to what people were saying in terms of content and promises. But now, because we, have, we are living in the age of populism as a zeitgeist of our age, we actually see that politics openly becomes more of a performance. And once, uh, once there is more and more of performance and less of content, the politics worldwide would have to change. And that's why, this—I mean, especially when we see American candidates, those who are running for the presidential office, if they even utter some suggestions like, let us run the drug test or let's use stadium for discussion, something like that, and it really resembles what we already had in Ukraine, I think we could be proud that Ukraine is one of the countries that contributes a lot to the worldwide potential change of the nature of what we see or what we understand as politics.
0: I think you're right in the sense that politics is is turning into performance and is closing closer to a kind of a show, a kind of a maybe a um a, a some something like a, a TV show or I don't know the rock concert or whatever, right? So the show industry and this means that uh, public institutions gets weaker, and as Ukraine has this experience of weak public institutions and therefore. You have the like new types of bypassing the public institutions field to enter politics. That's what Zelensky did. And probably many, many other people around the world. I don't mean comedian, but I, I can mean, I don't know, actors or sportsmen, whatever, will be doing the same. We don't know uh but it's it's incredibly interesting to follow this and probably worrying but i thank you so much for providing also a very optimistic some, sometimes an optimistic perspective to to all that because it's it's clear that on on the uh, same issue we can have uh, probably different perspectives, pessimistic, optimistic, and balanced. So this was um, um, Maxim Yakovlev, Head of Chair of International Relations and Director of School for Policy Analysis at Kyiv Mahila Academy, a reputable Ukrainian university. Uh, this was uh, Ukraine World podcast, Explaining Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko, I'm Editor-in-Chief of Ukraine World Dot .org uh, thank you maxim thank you so much and uh, stay with us